Welcome to the Hawks Report, everyone, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Lauren Williams, the Hawks beat reporter at the AJC, and the Hawks are 3-2, and two, Daniel. The Hawks are 3-2. and two. Of course, that could be considered a good start. That could be considered an okay start, where it's everything is subjective right now this early in the season, but the Hawks have won three of their last five games, and we're really excited to talk about it, as well as continue looking to the future of the remaining 77 games of the season. It's wild to believe that the season is up and running, and when you look at the schedule, you can kind of mark out months and just see how quickly it's going to breeze by. But before we get too far into talking about the future, we have to ask you, if you listen to this podcast and you like it, please rate, subscribe, like it. And yeah, welcome to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. All right. Welcome back to the Hawks Report, everyone. Again, the Hawks are 3-2. and two. Daniel, isn't that exciting? The Hawks have a winning record in their first five games. Yes, remember I put some really tough expectations on them through the first 10. I said 7-3, and three, or I riot, or maybe 6-4, and four, <laughs> and I'd be okay. And after 0-2, and two, I almost did the Homer Simpson backpedaling into the bushes because I didn't know <laughs> what was really going to happen here. But then three wins in a row. I remember I got the text from you, the snip yep. snap. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessary snip snap because at least they're going mm-hmm. on winning streaks now. Mm-hmm. They did bounce back after the 0-2. And what's been great about, I think, these three wins is they've been all wins in different ways. And I know sometimes Mm -hmm. that could be a little nerve-wracking depending on how they won because that Timberwolves game probably wasn't the right recipe given they were on the second night of a back-to-back, so you totally get it. But finding ways to win against Milwaukee, who's supposed to be one of the best teams in the NBA, Mm -hmm. Minnesota, who's a very good team, and again, not taking anything away from Washington, but those are games you're supposed to win. So Mm -hmm. all three of those wins, again, very different, but ones Mm -hmm. that you you need it after starting 0-2. Yeah, Daniel, you're taking the words right out of my mouth, but that's okay because I I completely agree. I I think that after that 0-2 start with losses to Charlotte and the Knicks, you don't want to throw your arms up in the air and and get frustrated with the team because that's only the first two games of the season. They had 80 80 more at that point to continue playing and, and figure things out. But you know, throughout the, the this last week, Quinn Snyder talked a lot about this team needing to execute. And for the most part, they they did. And, and when they executed the way that they were supposed to, good things happened. And when they lost focus, as we saw in those first two games, 
bad things happened. Or in the case of their game against the Wizards on Wednesday night, they almost blew it. <laughs> but they showed, I think we can say some some positive signs of of growth, of becoming more a more mature team. And, and they did what they were supposed to do. And, and just as you said, they beat a team that they're expected to beat. Obviously, it's the NBA, and we always say in the NBA things are subject to change, but on paper, they beat a team that they were supposed to beat. And as you mentioned, they beat a really good team in the Bucks, who have guys who go to the All-Star game year after year in, in Giannis Antetokounmpo and then Damian Lillard. So I think one of the big things that I took away from this week is, yes, we have the, a Hawks team that plays up to its competition just like they did last season when I first started covering the Hawks. But we also have a team, again, like I said, that's showing growth and and now they're on a three-game win streak and it's about continuing to, as Quinn Snyder would say, stack good days. And so I think being in Milwaukee for that win and that seeing them hold Damian Lillard to... 0 of 6 shooting, 0 of 7 shooting in the first half alone was is is pretty great, it's, especially considering when they went to Portland last year when Lillard was with the Trailblazers. He went off for 40-plus points on them, and they gave up 19 three-pointers to the, that Trailblazers team. So I think we're seeing Quinn Snyder kind of put his stamp on, on this team defensively and how these players have risen to the occasion there executing and now it's about executing consistently especially now that they're on a win streak so daniel when when you think about them being able to beat a team like the bucks who as you mentioned is supposed to be one of the best teams in the nba obviously you don't want to take away too much so early in the season but are we seeing in your opinion a little bit of a different hawks team I think so, and we talked about this before the season started, how we kind of expected this from a Quinn Snyder team. That was the goal of this. Last Mm -hmm. year was to kind of get familiar with what he was going to do, what kind of personnel he needed, Mm -hmm. and it seemed like, obviously, that the personnel was there because they really didn't do much besides trade John Collins away, and they added some veterans and Patty Mills and Wesley Matthews, and they drafted Buffkin, who we'll get to in a little bit, who's now going to the G League just for a little Mm -hmm. bit as well. But you can see in those three wins you know again it it takes a lot to win in the nba and i think it's so hard to get a win especially on the road and i think you saw the toughness in that milwaukee game and it shows mm-hmm. them that they can beat any team on any given night and i think last year that was not the case and you were worried about which team was going to show up each night mm-hmm. and i feel like for the most part despite the two losses i still feel like you're getting consistent more consistently the same team every night again they've won in three different ways in the last Mm -hmm. three games but at the same time i feel like for the most part you're getting that intensity that energy that effort from them they're scoring at will the balance of scoring seven players Mm -hmm. in double figures the other night against washington and jalen johnson had eight off the bench as well that could have been eight Mm -hmm. you're just seeing and you see nine guys in the rotation i think quinn snyder is finally starting to see which guys are going to be mainstays in this rotation. Again, the starting lineup could change depending on the matchup, and he said that, but you're getting contributions from DeAndre Hunter. He's had a couple nice games this week as well. So it's not just the regulars and Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, but at the same time, you're you're getting some quality 
play from guys like Hunter Okongwu, I thought was great against Washington. Sinking a three, how about that? Three-point threat now. Onyeka Okongwu. So yeah, I, I think you're you're starting to see Quinn Snyder's plan come to life a little bit. And you you've preached patience on this, that it's gonna take time, and you're absolutely right. I'm impatient, but at the same <laughs> time, I think you are every game you're starting to see a little bit more out of this team, which makes it exciting every game to watch. Absolutely. And I think the fact that one of the things that they struggled with last season, you know, is them doing pretty well on the road and then they come home and then, you know, we talk about them needing to in a way, protect home court and, and and establish themselves on their own turf. And and that's something that they would struggle with after some of those extended road trips. But of course, it was only one game on the road when they played Milwaukee on Sunday, coming back home, beating the Timberwolves. Of course, you, you weren't sure by halftime whether that was going to be a thing, but they came out of the gate, they readjusted and they did a really good job of of just holding the Timberwolves and and showing no mercy. I mean, they allowed the Timberwolves to shoot just four three-pointers in that first half of Monday's game versus the 12 that they shot or the 12 that they made in the first half. So again, it's that effort that you talked about that they, they, they focused in and good things happened. They were able to score uh, in transition, score points off of turnovers. They really made life miserable for, you know, hometown kid Anthony Edwards on Monday night. And I mean, that that's the sort of stuff that you want to see is just them attacking a team's best player or, you know, biggest threat as they did on Sunday night with Damian Lillard, as well as Giannis, they made life difficult for him. He had a a pretty tough time in that first half. And then again, they did so on Monday night. They had a little bit of a tougher time uh, on Wednesday after, I guess, a little bit of a break. You know, you would think that they would have more tired legs on the second night of a back to back, but they came out swinging in the second half. Like we mentioned, You, you saw a little bit of that flatness of, yeah, they looked like a team that played a game a night before, but the fact that in the second half, when in theory, they should be even more tired than they were in the first half. They, they didn't let it, it bother them, but they came out flat on Wednesday night when they played the wizards and Jordan Poole, Kyle Kuzma just seemed like they were kind of getting whatever they wanted, but they kind of figured it out. The Hawks did in that second quarter and you could kind of start to see them really assert themselves in their, in their dominance. And it's just great seeing a team that's playing unselfishly as, as Quinn Snyder wants them to. It's great seeing a team that's committing to defense. Of course, like we said in that fourth quarter, it looks like they stopped committing to defense, but yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing this team as a bit of a more mature team and they're buying into what Snyder wants and, you know, they're, they're taking his, his criticism in stride. I mean, he was not pleased at all with the effort that this Hawks team had in particularly in the fourth quarter, um, even though they rebounded them 57 to 35. So it was actually really funny when we were in post game, someone brought up the question about them having a good night on the boards and Quinn Snyder was just like, did we, did we have a good night on the boards? And then he like looked at the box score and he just like pushed the box score off the table and was just like, 
They may have done a great job rebounding, but I'm still not happy with the overall defensive performance in that fourth quarter. And, you know, he talks a lot about some of those lapses and that they have to continue being a team that not just stacks necessarily wins, but stacks good days or, or, or how are they getting those wins? And as you said, the three wins that they've had over those last three games have been in, in completely different ways. And I think that's what you love about Quinn Snyder is for him, expectations are higher than maybe what the NBA's expectations or our expectations are. He knows what this team is capable of. He knows what he has in himself and his his staff as a system. And he knows the type of players that they have to succeed. And, you know, again, a lot of people think they're going to be middle of the road, but this mm-hmm. team is talented enough and they get coached well enough that they could climb a little higher in the standings again if they just stick to what Quinn Snyder is preaching and and good teams are not happy with performances sometimes even in wins like again mm-hmm. that bad fourth quarter yeah I think they got a little lackadaisical because mm-hmm. look when you're up by so much and the Wizards play so loose I mean they're gonna be a team that struggles this year I just feel like it, Jordan Poole and Kuzma I mean they're throwing lobs off the backboard in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter and it's like you're down 15 bro like what are you doing <laughs> Um, but you know, Jordan Poole the other day hitting, shooting a corner three, turning around like he was going to make it and he misses it. Like they're going <laughs> right. to be a team that is not going to go far. And so I think maybe the Hawks kind of just let their foot off the gas a little bit. And obviously the good thing is they did hold on. But when you get to face these good teams, those could potentially turn into losses if you're not careful. Yeah. Just even talking about the Hawks next opponent and the Pelicans just the other night down 22 at one point to the Oklahoma mm-hmm. City Thunder on the road. They come back and beat a team without Brandon Ingram on the floor for them. So in the NBA, any given night, a 20-point lead could disappear mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. So the fact that they did pull it off, I think, is still a step in the right direction because maybe you saw one of those games that you lose last year. And the fact that they yeah. still hung on the win, again, not a perfect game, but rarely they are, but they know that they got to you know, the expectations are higher than what that fourth quarter was all about. Absolutely. So if we're talking about just how how they've won games in totally different ways over these last three games, you have a wire-to-wire win over one of the best teams in, in the league in the Bucks. You know, they led by as many as 31 in that game. Then the next game against the Timberwolves, they trailed by as many as 21 points, had a 19-point deficit at halftime. And just as you said, any given night, a 20-point lead is not safe in the NBA. And the Hawks were very much on the right side of erasing a 20-plus point deficit. And then you have Wednesday night, they face the Wizards. They build a lead of as much as 26 you know in the, in that second half and then the wizards start to to make a push and a run because as you said the hawks got a little lackadaisical and well they were on the wrong side of a a 20 point deficit or 20 point lead getting erased but fortunately for them and as we've touched on quite a bit they refocused and made sure to not take their foot off the gas and and they hung on to beat the Wizards 130 to 121. So yeah, I think as you said with the Pelicans, it's it's not going to be as forgiving of a game especially if Zion Williamson who didn't play 
against the Pistons on Thursday night, as well as Brandon Ingram, you know, they might be ready to go when the Hawks uh, face them on Saturday night. Yeah, that's going to be a a nice test for them because that could, like you mentioned, the Pelicans do not have a lot of games where their big three, as you would say, have been healthy. I think I saw a stat the other night while watching that game is that out of all Willie Green, I think has coached 160 some games and only Zion and Brandon Ingram played in 14 together. I mean, it's just crazy. And so with Brandon battling a knee injury that's day to day, Zion, I think, was just the rest on the back to back. They also had Mm -hmm. team plane issues, so they didn't get in until the mid afternoon before their game against Detroit. I think it'll be a really good test for the Hawks on the road. But I think this last week has given you a little bit more confidence that, I mean, I think the Pelicans should be worried about how the Hawks are playing. And that, again, was probably not the case last year. Again, going on the road was not (laughs) very good as you were at most of those games, if not all of them. Going on the road, you just had a different feeling. And now I think when you're going on the road, I think you're just a little bit more confident in this team, which is a good thing as you, you feel like they are heading in the right direction. Absolutely. And we saw a little bit of a preview of how well the Hawks can play against the Pelicans. They did face each other in the exhibition season. And I will say the Hawks looked really good against them. And granted, I know it's preseason and you can't, you know, you can only take so much away from it. But it should hopefully mean that the Hawks are ready to go and they they have an idea of what the Pelicans can offer. And of course, we'll get a chance to talk about that a little bit more after a break. So stick with us. We're going to look ahead at the next couple of games coming up. This is the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to take this time again to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com. It's really what makes all of this possible. The AJC has a special offer for podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, y'all get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. So you always know what's really going on. All right. So we touched on it a little bit before the break. The Hawks are going to play game six in New Orleans. It kicks off 
uh, a seven day, three game or six day, three game road trip. However you count your days, the Hawks will be gone for at least the next week <laughs> from Atlanta. They'll be on the road for at least the next week. And it includes the matchup, you know, against the Pelicans. They'll make a stop in Oklahoma City. And fun fact, while they are out there, guard Trey Young will have a street named after him. And then they cap off this road trip with a just a little stop across the border or over the border uh, in Mexico City when they play against the Magic. And of course, I'll be back next week to talk to you about that little trip, my first time in Mexico City. So I'm pretty excited for that. You have Mi your passport Espanol. ready? My passport's ready. Pero mi español no está or no es muy bien. <laughs> no es bueno? No es bien, no es bueno. <laughs> yeah. But I'll get a chance to practice it, hopefully. So I know all the important phrases. So yeah. I'll, and at least... I'll be able to pull up Google Translate if I'm really in a bind. But yeah, they'll they'll kick this little road trip off with, as we talked about, Daniel, a stop in your old stomping grounds, New Orleans. And, you know, as we mentioned, the Pelicans are a little bit banged up. You know, Jose Alvarado has been out for quite some time with a right ankle sprain. You know, Brandon Ingram has been battling right knee tendonitis. Najee Marshall, we actually saw that injury happen during the exhibition season. He has been dealing with a right knee contusion. And then Trey Murphy has been ruled out, I think, for the entire season, right? With um, not not the whole season? Not the whole season. He should be back at the end of the month. Oh, okay. Um, So, yeah. A left knee partial meniscotomy. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not <laughs> even going to try and pronounce that anymore. And then Zion Williamson missed, as we mentioned, um, Thursday night's game against the Pistons with rest on the second night of a back-to-back. So some injuries there. And, and the Hawks have been pretty fortunate to be fairly healthy through these first five games. Of course, they were pretty healthy during training camp, which was quite the luxury. Right now, Wesley Matthews has been really the only member of the Hawks who's been dealing kind of with an extended injury. Trey Young did have some Achilles inflammation prior to Wednesday night's game against the Wizards. Of course, you can't expect inflammation to really completely go away, especially at this point of the season, but it is reassuring that he did play in Wednesday's game, they had an off day today, so hopefully he was able to get in, get treatment on it, and um, you know they have a couple days off before Saturday's game in New Orleans. So yeah, you know you you hope that everyone will be up and healthy and ready to go to play on Saturday. I do not know for sure if they will reassign rookies Kobe Bufkin and Mo Gay to come back from College Park as you mentioned Daniel I'm not sure if they'll recall them from College Park to be with the team on Saturday but you would have to think that they they would because you know they they need active players and and everything like that yeah you know I think some of these moves are 
whether it's just to get some reps in just you know i don't even know when technically the g league season starts is it yeah is, is it coming they, up soon it is, is it, it starts Skyhawks, later yes the skyhawks actually they have their media day look at this we're talking about skyhawks on the hawks report I mean, it technically comes it's but anyway they report. have right <laughs> They have their media day starting next week, Wednesday, on November 8th. So that's usually the unofficial start to training camps and everything like that. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, they're they not even technically in their preseason yet. Yeah, so maybe you can help me out with that. With them making those roster moves, sending them down, what is the main point of those with the fact that they're not even starting now? Is it just developmental stuff? Yeah, I would have to assume, Daniel, that they they probably assign them to College Park just so that they can, you know, potentially do some open runs with some of those that those guys, those Skyhawks guys who are probably in town and, you know, in and out of the facility and everything like that, particularly because, you know, the Hawks aren't really doing a ton of practice with just how the schedule works. It makes it hard to kind of do those intense practices that they would have run in training camp, particularly as they try to manage the health of everyone. So, yeah, my guess is that it's to give these guys an opportunity to really get on the court, work up a sweat, and really play because they haven't really gotten a chance to do too much of that except, you know, you think garbage time when the Hawks played Milwaukee those final four minutes or so, and then they got a little bit of of that on Monday against the Timberwolves, just about a minute. So, yeah, I mean, they haven't really gotten the chance to play too much. So, yeah, I I have to assume that it's just a a matter of getting them some work in. Yeah, that makes sense. And going back to this road trip, I mean, how big of a road trip is it? Not big as far as, like, make or break or anything, but the three teams, it's a good good test for the Hawks as far as who they're playing on this trip. With New Orleans um, starting off pretty well, despite their their health, then you have Oklahoma City. That's a young and talented team. Just they're exciting to watch, just based on all the all the talent that they have. And then you have Orlando, who I think is going to be better than they were last year. Obviously, um, absolutely, they have a lot of great young talent on that team um, with Paolo Bancaro from last year. Some of the draft picks they made this year. They had a couple of first mm-hmm. round picks early on. They have a lot of in Mo Wagner and, and Franz Wagner with those guys, but mostly Franz has been, you know, really good in his first few years in the league. Yeah. That's a good road trip. That's a good test for this team just to kind of see where they're at as far as, you know, that's three games on the road. Again, they were not a good road team last year. So mm-hmm. I think if anything, this not even looking at what the record might be, obviously the goal is a winning record to go two and one. If you go two and one on that trip, I mean, that's a huge success yeah. with those three teams that you're playing, three solid teams. Absolutely. I think, yeah, obviously they want to win every game, but I also think that for for Snyder, it's really about just how they're executing. Again, it goes back to that consistency and executing and focus. And if they're doing all of those things, as he was, as he says, you know, good things tend to happen. So I think if they can start each game off with the right focus and and try to maintain it throughout the those games then you know we continue to see a team like we did on Sunday night that really gave the bucks a lot of trouble <laughs> but yeah as far as the teams that they're about to play 
the Magic are one of those teams that I really, for me, think will make a huge leap this season just because of how well they played last year. You know, Paolo was the rookie of the year for a reason because he played so well. And, you know, you would have those nights where you'd look up and see that the Magic was like beating the, the Boston Celtics, who was a favorite to go to the finals, you know? So I just think that, you know, this team and then, I mean, the Hawks are also on the receiving end of the magic when they gave up 50 points to them in a quarter last season. So I just think that the Hawks are just not in a position, in my opinion, where any team is a so-called team that they should be. I know we just talked about it with the Wizards, but they're just not in that position, in my opinion, that they really have any team that it's like, oh, on paper, they really should beat them. I really think that if they're not careful, they can end up on the wrong side of that that win-loss column. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that will be a good one. They're on the Magic on the West Coast right now, getting their West Coast trip out of the way. So it's been a little tough for them to start with losses against the Clippers and the Lakers, but they kept both of those games fairly close. And they have some wins against Portland and Houston. So, again, kind of hard to tell early. But, again, it's hard to tell with a lot of teams early how they're doing. You have teams like Memphis, who's 0-5. The Miami Heat are at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Again, just five games in. You don't. I don't think that's going to last long, but you, you just never know. But, again, I know we talked about sample size, and I kind of wanted to gauge how this team would be. After 10 games, you wanted yeah. to see it more after 2025 which is probably more realistic than what i did but yep. again i'm not being realistic right now with this team so <laughs> again a good test to start early but i don't think we really know anyone like there's no team they were like okay you know this mm-hmm. is the team you know except the ones that are supposed to be the favorites but other than that i don't yeah. think we really have an idea of what think, any team's about i was gonna say i think the team that we really have the best sense of is probably the the celtics just because the moves that they made, we know what those players that they brought in are capable. Your Drew Holiday, your your Chris Tapsprzingis, we know what they bring to the table, but they still kept that core intact. And so, I mean, they they upgraded with with Drew Holiday because they're getting a guard who not only you know can wreak havoc on the defensive end, but we know that he can score. And that's not no disrespect to to Marcus Smart, who's a a, a great defender. Um, I just know that, you know, a lot of the narrative that surround him was that you weren't sure what you would kind of get out of him on the offensive end. They, of course, upgraded with a stretch big in Kristaps Porzingis, who can not only wreak havoc on the inside, but he can also punish you from the three-point line. And you're pairing him with Al Horford, who can also stretch the floor. So it's just the Celtics got better. And it's hard to, you know, say that, the moves that they made aren't moves that are supposed to put them in the position to win the championship or win a championship. And well, here they are four and zero to start the season in their first four games. So yeah, I just, the NBA, just any given night can surprise you. So I just think that, like I said, the Hawks aren't necessarily in a position where they can, say, oh, we should beat that team. And I think any of the players on that roster would tell you that. Um, and they 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 would tell you that they never approach games that way. So we shall see. But I am excited uh, to see Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Josh Giddy in that group. And Chet, Chet, yeah, who we didn't Chet's get been to looking see good. last season. So 
yeah, I think this is going to be a fun and an interesting road trip for the Hawks. Yep, a, g- a good kind of you know test to start the year, and and we'll see what happens. Um, but if they keep playing like they had the last three games, then I think it'll be a successful one, which is all that matters. And as long as you see some growth, even if it's not as successful on the wins loss, mm-hmm. maybe I'll give them a little bit of a break and get, ease up on <laughs> them. But I'm hoping again, three road games. They should they should be in each one of them, hopefully. But um, mm-hmm. three solid teams they're playing against, so it should be fun, like you mentioned. Yeah, I think the big thing is if the shots aren't falling, right? One of the issues that we often saw in those first two games, when the shots weren't falling, it would affect them on the defensive end. Whether that was because they weren't getting calls, whether it was that they were taking the ball out of the net. They just, it's like they didn't commit on the defensive side. And so I think as long as, you know, they focus on the things that they can control, then things will eventually swing their way and it will start to take care of itself. The other thing that I want to point out that I've been pretty impressed with, particularly in Wednesday night's win over the Wizards is is Trey. I want to I think he deserves his props just how he has approached this season. You're really seeing a more mature player in the sense particularly on Wednesday I think we saw it the most. What was one of the things that we would kind of see him do a lot that we would say was one of the reasons why the offense maybe fell stagnant? He just, I mean, a lot of times he would just take ridiculous shots. <laughs> Do we have a, if, if we could, could have a, but if, we, if we could have a ding, ding, ding right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say, if you could see us recording this podcast, you can see me emphatically nodding my head. <laughs> and yep. yeah, I've been, granted, he hasn't started off the most efficient, but I would say that even as he's taking shots, he hasn't been doing too many ridiculous ones. Yeah. Usually they're they're pretty decent looks. I mean, here are there, there are a couple of them that you you kind of like, what did you see there? I wish I could see the floor through your eyes so I can understand what you saw there. But for the most part, I was really impressed with him on Wednesday. Particularly, he ended the night seven of eighteen. He was seven of 15 by the end of the third quarter. So the fact that he, you know, attempted only three more shots and and missed them and didn't try to press, um, I think that's growth. I love it. Yeah, for sure. So, and I think you, and maybe this is where we see the more of the leadership role that I think we were anticipating last year. We saw a little bit of it, not a little bit, I think a lot from DeJounte Murray, and we're continuing mm-hmm. to see that as well, but... I mean, those two are the backbone of this team. And so, mm-hmm. again, this could be a product of Quinn Snyder. It could mm-hmm. be part of Trey Young's maturity. The fact that I think one, even though he says he ignores everything that's being said, he's probably tired of hearing some of the things that yeah. is said about him. And I think he wants to kind of show people what he's, who he really is. And yeah. I think winning is a big part of that. We know what Trey can do offensively. We know what kind of numbers he can put up. But mm-hmm. right now, a lot of people... Not a lot of people. The trend is measured by how much you're winning and how much you're mm-hmm. doing what you're doing in the playoffs. And Trey, besides that one trip to the Eastern Conference Finals, hasn't had that yet. 
And so I think there's a little bit of motivation behind that to be like, hey, we're going to do whatever it takes to get over the hump here. And maybe early on, we're seeing those signs of that, that maybe, you know, he's focusing a lot better on his shot selection and realizing that, you know, his playmaking can can get so many guys open. And, you know, his, yeah. his numbers will still be the same, um, no matter if he takes those crazy shots with 20 seconds left in the shot clock from 35 feet down to, or if yep. he able to drive and do that ridiculous pass to Dejounte Murray the other night underneath the basket. I mean, those are the types of things that you see and you're Love like, it. wow, that's, that's an incredible play by Trey Young. The vision that he has, you know, you turn that up to 10 for him and the sky's the limit. Absolutely. So just a fun stat to leave you guys with, if you haven't seen it already, shout out to Hawks PR for this on Wednesday night. Trey Young, 23 points, 10 assists. DeJounte Murray, 24 points, 8 assists. Both finished with at least 20 points and 5 assists in the same game for the 20th time as teammates. And I would say, too, that that's probably for the second straight game after DeJounte's 41. And I believe he had 6 assists against the Timberwolves. 41 and 5. So, yeah. So, second straight game, 20-plus points five plus assists and yeah the hawks are the the more that those two guys continue to do that the better the hawks are and so it great i would just say good things are 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 you know coming out of this hawks camp in these first five games and yeah just continue to see them stack some good days but to finish the stat that i had started before i went to go check something over the past two seasons, the Hawks are 14-6 and six when both players notch 20 points and at least five assists. There you go. So, again, the more, more that we can see that from those two, the more good things happen, the more double-digit nights we see multiple players have on the floor. And as Trey said in his media avail- availability on Wednesday night, he likes to see everybody eat. So do we. <laughs> exactly the the more the better right absolutely and we'll be back here uh hopefully talking about everybody eating next week i'm lauren williams joined by daniel salerson and this is the hawks report from the atlanta journal constitution <laughs>